Um, hey, uh, I'm going a different direction this morning. I hope, you, uh, I hope you're okay with that. If you want to learn about Jacob, go ahead and uh, you can flip in your Bibles if you want to to uh, Genesis chapter 25 and go ahead and start learning from there. But you can do that another day. Um, the Lord's been speaking to me quite a bit this week, and it's been a heartbreaking week. The amount of turmoil that I've been watching on social media and the amount of hate that I've been watching on social media with friends, with pastors, Christians, it's been completely heartbreaking. You know, it's no secret as to what's taken place this week with Roe versus Wade. And regardless of which side you stand on, it just seems like there's, there's a fight. Whether you stand for women's rights or you stand for babies' rights or whatever it might be that you stand for, there's hate that is building up amongst you. This week I watched as, as worship leaders and pastors posted on their social media that if you don't like the way that I think, unfriend me. And I watched as their social media followings dropped by hundreds. Could you imagine if Jesus said to us, if you don't like the things that I'm teaching, just forget about it. Forget about me. Walk away from me. Don't listen to this. Listen, I get it. This world is one messed up world. And we thought it was bad whenever we had COVID and we were fighting over whether you get a mask or whether you get a vaccine or you don't get a vaccine or you get a booster or you get a second booster. And the, the amount of diversity and the amount of, of just fight that was there was unbelievable. And all we're doing is adding to it. You know, we stand here today, and we have to understand what it is that just took place. And the fact that what just took place is going on, and the amount of, of, of what just took place in, in Roe versus Wade is creating all this fight, you have to realize, number one, that this was just a federal overturn. This is saying that the state has control over what the state had control over, over before. But all of a sudden, because of this one little judgment, because we're allowing politics to get in the middle of who we are and what it is that we stand for, we're allowing churches to split right now. This morning, I felt led to attend another church service. I don't know why I felt that way. I got up early. I went out. I sat in the congregation, and, and it was funny because I know now why I went there because I was fighting on this. I was fighting on this. Do I talk about this today? I'm not one to talk about politics. I hate politics. I'll be the first one to tell you that I hate it. I hate it. I've, I've seen some pretty bad sermons whenever it comes to politics. And I vowed to stay away from that. But what I can't stay away from is the word of God. And that's where I stand on, is on the word of God. And I've got some, I've got some verses for you today. I've got some word for you today, because I cannot back away from this anymore. Listen to me. If you're listening to this, whether you're online or whether you're here in person, don't tell somebody if they disagree with you to turn around and walk away. You love that person. Listen, we changed the title of this message today to he would love first, because that's what Jesus would do. When you ask, what would Jesus do? He would love 
first. He is not turning his back on you. He's not turning his back on somebody because they have a different idea as to what it is. But I'm going to tell you what Jesus says. There's a psalm in 139. And the psalmist writes these beautiful, beautiful words. And I'm going to tell you a story here in just a moment. Starts in verse 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. Listen to me. 14 years ago, we found out when I was 20 years old, Kristen was 18 years old, that Peyton was on his way. I was literally weeks away from moving out to go to Wilmington College to play soccer. I had signed some transcripts and different things with that, and, and, and I knew where I wanted to go. I had met already with soccer coach there and, and different things, and, and in fact, I was getting ready to even start traveling there to go do some open field stuff. I got an acceptance letter. I got some scholarship packages. I got some cool things out of this. And then I find out that Kristen's pregnant. First thing that I went to with her, and it's not even something I was raised with, I turned to her and I said, maybe we should consider abortion. Man, was she mad at me. She didn't even want me to go with her whenever we went to find out and, and go to Planned Parenthood and find out if she was really pregnant or what was going on. And so she took a friend with her, and I kind of forced my way into it. I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to figure this out. And I was angry. At that point, I, I didn't have a relationship with God, really. I went to church my whole life, but I truly didn't have a relationship with God. But I was, I was so frustrated that my life was going to be inconvenienced and messed up because of, because of this. I'll never forget, they gave us this, this blue elephant rattle that day. And I had never felt so alone before in my life. I didn't know how I was going to tell people. I didn't know how I was going to tell my friends. I didn't want to disappoint them. I surely didn't want to tell my parents because I was really going to disappoint them. And they gave me this blue rattle, and, 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 and we went to this park. We went to Artvinata Park in Dayton. And, and I remember uh, she, she sat there in the car. And I got out, and I had this little rattle in my hand, and I held it. I was just like, this is real. I'll never forget that feeling in my life. I was like, this is real stuff. I saw this, this picture of this little peanut, and, 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 and it had a heartbeat. Like, I had no idea. Like, I've never seen something so spectacular in my life before. And I'll never forget, I left, I left Art Vanata Park that day, and I started applying for jobs. I didn't, I didn't have jobs. I didn't work. I had some friends that worked and busted their butts. I didn't work. My parents, my parents did it. Like, they really provided everything for me. I look back on it now, I'm like, they're crazy. Like, they, I got a BP card at one point. Like, I'm driving around and, and using their money for gasoline and all this stuff. Like, oh, my goodness. So I drop out of college, and, 
and, and I, finished, I finished my last semester at Sinclair and get out of that program and, and, and I start working full time and I start trying to figure out how are we going to make this thing work? Fourteen years later, my oldest son, my oldest child, is on a baseball field this morning pitching his heart out. Yeah, it's been hard. It's been a struggle. But I'm going to tell you something. When Scripture says something like, like, I was fearfully and wonderfully made. I was knit together in the mother's womb by the creator of the universe. Oh my goodness now, I'm telling you something. There is a plan. There is a plan and there is a purpose. And my son is going to be used for something spectacular because I'm going to tell you something. He's already been used. He's changed my life. He's changed my perspective. But I'm going to tell you something, church. The more and more angry we get, the more and more frustrated we get with people because they don't have the same viewpoints as us, because they don't share the same, the same views that we do, all of a sudden what we do is we put all this separation into place. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence of God. We hear that word holiness, and we see that as this big churchy word, and it's like, what? What are we talking about here? To live a, a holiness lifestyle. Churches even, even kind of stray away from using that kind of stuff, and we're not going to talk about that. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you something today. Holiness lifestyle means to, to reflect God. If God is holy and we were created in his image, then we can reflect holiness in our life. And holiness looks different for each and every one of us. The decisions that we make and the things that we're, we're convicted of in our, in our lives looks different for each and every one of us. For some of us, listen to me. I need you to hear this today. For some of us, you can have a sip of alcohol and be perfectly fine, but for somebody else, they cannot. There's nothing that they can do to even be around that because it's going to destroy their lives. Some of you feel good and, and it's okay to, to, to say some different words and stuff. And for others, if you drop an F-bomb, man, the end of your life just happened. Like, it's bad. The way that the Holy Spirit convicts and works is different in each and every one of us. And listen to me. There's something called, listen to me, there's something called maturity. Maturity. We do that when we grow up. We do that when we grow up in our relationship with Christ and we mature and we grow. You can't expect everything to happen now. As the word works with us, listen to me, as the word works through us and in us, we are matured in him and what it is that he is calling us to and what our lives look like and reflect. What might be okay for you in January is going to not be okay with you in September. The way that the Lord, Lord, Lord works in you in February is not going to be the same way he works with you in December. And in March, you might be on fire. In September, you might be struggling. But I'm going to tell you something. Each step of that walk, he is with you. He never leaves you. He never leaves you stranded. He loves you with every ounce of energy. 
I need you to hear this, that if you have screwed up in your life, if you've made mistakes, if you have done things that are less pleasing to God than ever, I want to tell you this right now, that he died for you so that you can be forgiven, so that you can be redeemed. There's nothing more simple than that. We were in a in just this, this cycle of failure in the Old Testament where if you messed up, there was no out for you. And Jesus came to free us from that, to break those chains, to give us a way out. And listen to me, if I tell somebody on social media to quit following me because you don't like the things that I say, they're never going to have their chains broken. If we just tell them to get away from Christians, just get away from us. Don't look at this. Don't think about this. My gosh. What is it that we are doing? Last week, I referenced this for a minute. I'm going to talk about it for just a moment. Listen, many of you last week prayed the sinner's prayer, and we rejoice in that. Others of you in this place have done that, and maybe it happened 20 years ago. Maybe it's happened a million times. Maybe you're like me, and you got to pray it almost every single day. Like, come on now, right? But here is what it's all about. We, we, we rejoice in our new birth. We rejoice in our new name as a child of God. We rejoice in the things that God is going to do for us. But I want you to hear this next part because it continues on and it goes even farther. Because in 2 Galatians verse 20, it reads this, I have been crucified with, oh man, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that's what it's all about. Let me put this in a different terminology. My life, for years, I knew that I had a relationship with Jesus Christ. But this is what it looked like. I had the steering wheel. And I was making the left turns I wanted to make. I was making the right turns that I wanted to make. I was making the turns when God said, don't make that turn. I said, I'm good. I got you. I got you in the passenger seat. Let's go. And I just went anywhere that I wanted to go. But it was in that moment that I said, Lord, Lord, I need you more than ever. It was in that moment that, that I said, Lord, I need to hear from you more than ever. And he said this, how can you hear from me when you're driving any different way that you want to go? You said that you wanted a relationship with me but I'm just riding around with you wherever it is you want to go. You're just doing whatever it is that you want to do. I'm sitting here trying to help you. I'm sitting here trying to give you a better life. You're praying for these breakthroughs. You're praying for these miracles. But my God, how am I going to do that whenever you don't listen to me? I said, oh, man, <laughs> that sucks. It was in that moment that I realized that I needed to get my butt out of the driver's seat of my car, of my life. And I needed to get into the passenger seat and let Christ take my car. I needed to let him take my life. I needed to let him make those turns when he wanted to make those turns, when he wanted to take those detours in my life, when things weren't going the way that I wanted them to go, when the way that I thought they should go. And, 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 and I was struggling with that turn, but I just knew that, God, you got to turn for me. Right now has been a struggle for me. I shared it with you last week. It has been hell for me. But I'm going to tell you something. I still know that God is driving the car of my life. I still know that he is taking me where I need to go. I just need to rest in that. And sometimes it's not always easy to rest, right? It's not always easy to rest. Sometimes it's a big struggle. 
But what is it that we're doing right now to reflect Jesus Christ in our life? If we are to live in a holiness way to reflect God, what are we called to do? We are called to love first. We are called to not judge, to not condemn, to not convict, because it's not our place to convict. It's not our place to do that. It's okay if you want to call one of your brothers or sisters out in faith. That's one thing. But if you're trying to convict somebody of their sins, you want to know what you end up doing? You just push. You just push. You just push. And all of a sudden, they're gone. They're done. Well, nothing to do with this. I can't tell you how many lives right now we are watching on social media leave that we're losing. And I'm talking the general church. I'm talking the global church. We're losing people by the thousands right now because of the actions and the words that Christians are saying. If we are to reflect Christ, if we are to do the things that he's called us to do, then that would not be happening, regardless of what happens in Washington, D.C., regardless of what's happening in the world. Jesus Christ is still king, and he is still king of everything. And listen to me, I promise you this. He reigns far above even the president. We have to have trust in knowing that he is in control. And the things that he is doing is spectacular. And the way that I see him working is amazing. Listen to me. This church planted in the midst of COVID, in the middle, in the heart of COVID. And people told us that we were stupid. People told us that we were crazy. And sometimes we look at things and go, man, yeah, we were pretty stupid to do that. But I'm going to tell you something. God has worked and God has moved. And listen to me, we are back at another point right now where we are called to love and to be that difference and to show that light, not to turn the light switch off, not to turn our backs, not to walk away, but to love and to care and to pray. I mean, really pray. Get out on your knees and pray for those that you're watching as your friends and your family and those that are struggling in life right now, those that feel like God has turned their backs on them. We are called to be there for them because I promise you, I promise you, I've read this book. He doesn't turn his back on you. He is there for you. In the hard times, in the good times, on the mountains, and in the valley, in your weeping, in your rejoicing, he is there for you. Listen, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do this morning. And we're going to end in a different way today. Because if I'm going to talk about being holy, if I'm going to talk about reflecting Christ, I think there's no better way than for us to come together and sit at the table together. And so this morning, we're going to receive communion together. But before we do that, I just feel like this morning we got to, I just feel like there's somebody in this room right now, there's somebody online right now that's sitting here saying, man, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't understand these things, but I'm going to tell you something. I need some life. I need some life. I always love talking to somebody that, that doesn't have a relationship with Christ. And they're like, I just need some life. I'm like, yeah, it's because you're dead. Like, you don't understand this, but you're spiritually dead right now. You might be walking. You might be walking. But man, the breath of the Holy Spirit hasn't entered you yet. I'm going to tell you something. You want to feel life. You want to feel energized. It's with a relationship with him. So before I even move on, let's pray together. Bow your heads real quick. If this is you today, I want you to pray with me. 
If this is a recommit in the day saying, look, I have faded away. I've been angry. I've been mad. I've told people to take a hike. I want to reflect and I want to be more like Christ. I want you to pray this prayer with me today. Jesus, I love you. And Jesus, I need you. Forgive me for the things that I've done. You are my Lord and you are my Savior. Take me into your kingdom and change my name because I know that I'm a child of God. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for this moment. Listen, every head bowed and every eye shut. If you prayed that prayer with me today for your first time, if you prayed that prayer, if you're online, I just want you to send me a DM right now because I need to know, I need to rejoice with you. Would you just put your hand up for me, please? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Jesus, we're seeing hands. And they're just not hands, Jesus. There's are people coming out of the grave. Those are people coming out of darkness into light to really knowing what it means to live by you. And so I pray that your Holy Spirit enters them today, that they feel you in a way that they haven't felt you before, Father, that they know that you are there every step of the way. Sometimes we may feel alone. Other times we may feel overwhelmed by your presence. But oh my gosh, there's nothing better than feeling overwhelmed by you. You are so, so good. I thank you for even giving us this chance, for giving us this opportunity today. I thank you for the way that you work, for the way that you move, but I pray for our hearts today. I pray for the hearts that we talked about today, that, that Christians across the world will quit shutting people out. That they will actually reflect what would Jesus do and quit saying he's going to flip over tables because that's not our table to flip over. But we are called to love, to be a reflection of you, to love you and to love others. And so, Father, I pray today that we can reflect that and we can be that. And most importantly, we can show that, Father. I thank you for this very moment today. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Here's what we're going to do. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Richie Griffith, and I am the lead pastor and founding here at Movement Church, Tip City, Ohio. Uh, and this ministry is made possible through your generosity. And that's right, to continue supporting the movement, uh, you can give at the movementchurch.community. That's movementchurch.community. But you need to also make sure that you follow us on social media at the movement 937. Be sure to hit subscribe and don't forget to hit that notifications bell. Thank you so much for listening today and God bless you.